Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to Under Consultation, an episode-by-episode podcast guide through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Cohen, currently enjoying half a pint of... Oh, Smeg, I've already forgotten what the name of the beer is. It's Motown or something along those lines. It's a, it's a session ale. It is a session ale. Also, I've got a half a pint of roadie, also a session ale. And we are, for the first time in 18 months sat in each other's company rather than behind screens it's so weird i can move my head and the perspective <laughs> changes you didn't even say your name oh i'm ash versus you know by now I, yeah you if you're listening to this you probably know who i am oh yeah i think by this point you know who both of us are so we're currently sat in the abbey arms um in where is this abbey wood abbey wood the cute the cute the clue <laughs> Is in the first part of the name of the public. There you go. We're in Abbey Wood because uh, today you and I are heading to the final day of taping of the new series of Games Master, which is back for its eighth series, a three episode run. Um, we started this podcast never thinking we would do more than series seven. And yet here we are, Ash, in October of 2021, going to a taping of a new series. The world went kind of weird oh, yeah. in 2020, and of all the things to come out of it, a new series of Games Master was not one of the ones that I, I, I expected. No. You know, the end of the world, the apocalypse, the cockroaches taking over, <laughs> all of these things ranked above Games Master returning, and yet and still. And yet and still, and here we are, and I'm... Um I've, we've had nothing really of the first two days of tapings. 
Very really, I think I've seen one tweet that said that Frankie Wood was criminally underused. That is about the only bit of feedback I've seen for the show thus far, which makes me think there are NDAs out the wazoo. Or just no phone signal. (laughs) On those lines. Um, Or maybe it was because Facebook was down on Monday that the Oculus thing really did go nipples north and it completely scrapped everything they had planned. It is worth saying that on the the comment about Frankie being criminally underused, Frankie themselves did respond. Oh, did she? And basically go ah well you've got to understand there's a lot of vt inserts to uh, go in that's what i assumed more, that was what i assumed as well it's like the more and more i think about how this show might go the more and more i think this might be a bit more of a top gear situation yeah i think so as well like i think you and i are literally just going to see the challenges as we would imagine really i think if anyone went to the tapings of old episodes of games master they would have just seen the challenges and that would have been it but yeah you and i are heading across final day of taping I, i'd imagine we'll see a celebrity challenge and we'll see the challenges for episode three. And I'm, I'm so excited to see what it actually is. Yeah, and uh, I think it is worth saying at this point that um, we have been invited. Th- oh, yes. Th- this is kind of one of those things of I'm still waiting for us to be rumbled. Yeah. I'm still waiting for them to go, actually, these guys aren't important at all. Why have we asked them down? You and I, got, we got very lucky. because yes. So we were approached quite early doors by like Games Master Production for sort of like feedback on you know like a new a potential new series of Games Master and this that and the other and really the only reason we were approached is because we're the only Games Master podcast if there was another Games Master podcast that was way better than us we would not have been contacted we used this as a joke in an episode that's just gone out recently when we were talking <laughs> yeah. about Sequest DSV where yeah. you know Voyage to the Bottom of the Ratings I'm like we are both the top rated and the bottom rated Games Master podcast existing in a field of one but this time it has paid off. Oh yeah, I was thinking about that with the uh, the book as well, like the the launch of the book, like Darren and Games Master. Sorry, Darren and Dominic Diamond doing that interview with us is because we're the only Games Master podcast in town. Like, if at any point during lockdown a celebrity had decided to do a Games Master podcast, we'd oh, have been yeah. properly buggered. If Ian Sterling had started doing a Games Master podcast, we'd have been knackered. Yeah. It, it would have just been. It would have just been like, well, we may as well pack up and go home, <laughs> or see if Ian Sterling like needs sidekicks. You know, <laughs> yeah. do you want to partner up? Yeah, do, 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 do you need some understudies <laughs> in that regard? But no, and I think at this point, and also by the time you hear this, it is worth saying. Yeah, we were approached very early doors. We talked to a couple of producers involved in the show, and um, we've mostly kept our mouths shut regarding that because you know confidence was placed in us and therefore we feel that deserves to be respected but i can say that at least on paper or on zoom call nothing we've heard really concerns me like like there's a lot of stuff that came out around the time of when they were looking for sponsors at the beginning of the year when it looked like it was going to be a bit like the early crystal maze reboot where it was going to be all celebrities all the time yeah going by what we've been told And also going by the fact that they've been out there looking for contestants and looking for people to come on and play games, that doesn't appear to be the case. No, that first call that we had was like a real, like, um, easing of the minds, I want to say, because, like, the chat that we had with them was very much a case of, like, we don't want it to be this, we don't want it to be that, what we'd like it to be is this. And we were like, oh, brilliant, because that's what Games Master fans want. They want it to be this. And then there was an interview that Rab did with 
uh, I mean, it might be Nintendo Life that he did the interview with. It's one of the first interviews he did after he was announced as the new host. Mm-hmm. And he was asked about the celebrity involvement there. And he said, I think a lot of people are worried that there's going to be Love Island contestants. Which is funny enough, what you and I had said on that first like February episode being like, oh, it'll be like Love Island, you know, like current day celebrities. Yeah. And from what I can gather from him, it's like, that's really not the case. Yeah, it was my big concern because I remember when Crystal Maze first came back and I'm just like, I have no idea who any of these celebrities are because I'm, I'm a man in my 40s. Why would I? <laughs> exactly. I am not Love Island's target audience. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if I'm Games Master's target audience. We actually also don't know when this episode that you're listening to now is going to go out. Whether this goes out before the show airs, or it might be going out after the show airs. Or it might be we end up splitting it in two. But but it will be certainly closer to to airing. I mean, just to clarify, it is currently uh, 1640 on Wednesday the 6th of October. So, yeah. yeah. It, you will probably be hearing this sometime in November. Yeah, and there was a there was every chance that I wasn't going to make it today as well because uh, you you've, we've just given you the date then and so you know so a bit of uh, context. We are also in the middle of the fuel shortage crisis, and this is a forty mile drive from my front door to the venue and a 40-mile drive back to my house. And I was picking you up in that as well. Granted, mm-hmm. that doesn't add a lot of mileage onto it because you were en route. Yeah. But, you know, we've driven to a pub now as well. There's extra travel in there, Ash. There is extra travel. And also, it would have been interesting because if you couldn't have made it, my journey here would have been more difficult solo <laughs> because we can only arrive at the venue by car. I did. There was an email that was sent out today said they've got a taxi service that are taking you to and from the venue. Oh. They're working with the taxi service here. So, like, they will be parked outside of the station and they will take you to the location and will take you back afterwards as well. I suspect because it is a functioning museum that they're using as a filming location, the reason they want you to arrive by car is so you don't just go bimbling off and fall down a shaft. 100%, yeah. So it's a 40-mile journey here, 40-mile journey back, with all, you know, perhaps some extra journey in between. I had 90 miles worth of petrol in the car when I set off this morning. And there was, like, my wife said to me, are you sure you can make it? And I was like, you've got to believe. You've just got to believe that you can make it. And lo and behold, the first petrol station I stopped at had petrol and no queue. So I left I left Kent with a full tank of gas. The gaming gods were smiling upon you today. And I'll be honest, it put my mind at ease. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, the, uh, the, the session IPA has put my mind at ease at this point. I'm much more relaxed now than I was about an hour and a half ago. Yeah. So we are actually about to, I guess, leave this venue, mm-hmm. this pub. It's a very nice pub and make our way to the, to the studio. And we literally don't know what's going to happen when we arrive there. And it may be that at this point there's a jump cut and suddenly we're sat in your car <laughs> after the recording just going well that was a thing yeah and funny enough i was actually just chatting with someone in the pub uh Uresco, who was the person who passed on that original you know but without i was actually saying this to him he kind of kickstarted a lot of like the internal chat or the external chat about the games master reboot because he was the person that found the e4 press thing that were looking or not the press thing but looking for sponsors and then that, he passed it across to us. We did that podcast, and then everyone started doing websites, uh, you know, uh, website posts about it. I never thought we would be here, Ash. No, when you me and I neither. started this podcast. I never thought that you and I would be sat in a pub, getting ready to go to be sat in the audience for a brand new episode of Games Master. And I'm actually beyond thrilled that we are. Yeah, whatever happens, and whatever this does or doesn't become, this is an experience that 
I don't think before pandemic I could have predicted would happen. Certainly during pandemic I never would have predicted could have happened. And uh, yeah, it it's going to be interesting. It certainly will be. So yeah, so well uh, there'll either be there'll be a break here now, and there'll either be some more content from inside the production, or it'll be in my car. So we'll be we'll see you shortly. So myself and Luke have arrived at location and I'm just recording this quick note just to remind myself this place smells like which would be because it is an active sewage treatment plant. I mean, wow. I mean, this is this is aromatic, is it not, Luke? <laughs> this, is, this is a smell. This is a smell. This is a smell that will stick with you. Literally, it will be on my clothes. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So it turns out this isn't being recorded from the, uh, the, the pumping station where the Series 8 was recorded, nor is this being recorded from my car after the recording session finished. This is actually being recorded remotely from our homes uh, the day after the recording because TV, everyone, um, it was supposed to finish at about 9.45, I think is when they said the latest it might finish. It actually finished at 11. And by the time everyone got out, by the time that we hung around to try and sort of thank the people that invited us to come down, we were in my car for about quarter to 12. And 
you had to get home and there weren't a lot of trains available to get you home. No, I do appreciate uh, that you um, changed your route a little to get me to a station that would at least allow me to uh, to make my way home via one of those fun last trains out of London trains where I was like the only person sober on the train. Mm-hmm. I, I felt painfully sober. Like, you know, I'm not a person <laughs> that needs to have a drink, but when you're around that many drunk people, you're like, man, I feel like I should have a beer now just to compensate. So essentially what happened was we arrived at the building, we then walked in and we had a little tour around the set. That was the basically the first thing that we did is we had a tour around the set and then we hung around in catering for a bit while we were going to go and film something, which actually ended up happening later on in the day or in the evening. And then we just went in to uh, to watch the show being recorded. So I guess like my first uh, question to you, Ash, would be what did you make of the set? The set felt unreal, which is odd because it is actually very, very real. The, the set dressing they did to the set was minimal because this is a real pumping station. To paint a picture, you walk in and there are all these columns, these kind of gothic metal columns around you. And they look like set dressing, but they're real. Yeah. And there's all these arches and, and stairwells and, and kind of like lots of like, you know, really impressive architecture. It's all old and rusting and it's got cobwebs on it and you probably need a tetanus shot to work on it. And it looks like set dressing, but it's real. And there's these giant wheels either side. And I've been on sets before, you've been on sets before. Unless they need to turn, those wheels will end just below floor level. But these were real. Yeah. It was slightly unbelievable. It really was. It was slightly unreal to the point where there was one very like big item in the ri- in the room that was a piece of set dressing and everything else was just so unbelievable that it didn't stand out. Yeah, I thought it was meant to be there. Like I thought it was, you know, just part of the pumping station that they had then sort of co-opted into into the set, but yeah, as you pointed out, like it wasn't that they added them there themselves. It's uh, basically their version of the pit from series 2. And yeah, I, it was really cool to walk onto that set because it wasn't huge. It wasn't a massive like space, considering like how big Crossnest Pumping Station is and the museum section of it is, I should say. They only actually used a very small section of it. Very Series 1 in that regard. Like it didn't have the grand size of the oil rig of Series 2 or even like, you know, the prison of, of Series 3. This felt very contained like Series 1. You had a space for the audience, the gaming arena, or the you know the, where the players play, and the commentary desk, and that's where the hosts were as well. Like all the links and stuff were done next to the commentary desk, so it felt very small, very tight, and very contained. And I think that really added to the atmosphere uh, of watching the tapings, and I think that will come across on TV as well. And the other thing I want, I was really impressed with with regards to the set, is that. When the news first came out that that's where they were going to be doing the locations and everyone was sharing the images of the museum and they were showing all of like the really colorful architecture side of it, which is really gorgeous. Like, you know, a lot of people use the word sexy when talking about like the location that they picked. But actually what they've used is a different sort of part of the museum that's much more industrial. And that actually suits the ambiance of series eight so much better than had they shot into one of the more colorful areas we'll put the horse before the cart here and say say we get a series 8b or a series 9 or whatever they could just flip the entire orientation of the room around and they've got same universe different set oh yeah it'd be very easy to see 
how they could actually expand it out and flip it around. Like the audience could go where a lot of the production stuff was. So the people as they enter go past the audience. The host could be in that kind of um, kind of hexagonal area that's surrounded by all the really sexy wrought iron stuff that's colourful that you see in the pictures. Mm. Looking around the space, I could not only see how they'd used it now and used it very effectively. They'd done some nice stuff, some very kind of subtle and sympathetic lighting and with minimal actual kind of intrusion on the uh, the natural feel of the place. But I can also see how they could expand it out if they wanted to, how they could go, OK, we're back for another season. We've now got a bit more of an audience because this is a reboot in every sense of the word. The brand, because the magazine's been out of print for a while, you know, book aside and us aside... Games Master is kind of starting from scratch. So I'd imagine that yeah. if it finds its audience, season 8B or season 9 would by default be bigger. Yeah, and this felt very like a fresh start. It felt like they were taking elements of the first four series in a way. And, you know, the sort of like look and feel of series one, the sort of Dominic Diamond-esque presenting style of rab it with from series two and that sort of like oil rig aesthetic from series two that we know that there's gonna be a lot of vts and features and stuff which kind of like feels a lot like series four and frankie ward was dressed like dexter fletcher from series three so yeah there was like the, all of these sort of like massive like combinations of like all like sort of the best elements of, of of the series you know the first few series to give it this sort of like it's it feels like Games Master, but also feels like its own version of Games Master. Now, you said Frankie is dressed like Dexter from Series 3. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's, let's also just acknowledge the fact that, that Frankie is, at this point in time, uh, very pregnant. Oh, yeah. And therefore, the jumpsuit may have been as much a choice of comfort as it was style or nods to the past. I don't think it was an intentional Dexter Fletcher thing. It's just that when she walked past us, I said she was like... It looks like she's dressed like Dexter Fletcher. I don't think I don't think it's an intentional thing. It just she looked like she was dressed like Dexter Fletcher. If she had a utility belt, then yeah. I'd be like, okay, that's a nod. But as it was, other than obviously the show being called Games Master, the logo which is now out there, both on official and unofficial means, and the fact that there is a Games Master, we assume. We don't. We still don't know. Well, we, we we do know. We don't know who it is, but we do know there is a games master. Can you imagine if they decided not to in the end and just edited around it? <laughs> yeah. But it feels like very much its own thing. I'm still going back to, I think, what I said when we talked in the pub garden and I said before on our Patreon streams, which is I think there's kind of a bit of a Top Gear vibe to it in that there are a trio of presenters that each have their own role also their own kind of personality and archetype and it's how they bounce off each other and together that will really make the dynamic of the show now from where we were stood we couldn't always hear all of that it's the disadvantage of being in a location rather than a studio with foldback monitors and everything that you would expect to be part of a studio audience there were some very funny interactions going on we couldn't hear all of it but no. you could see the body language and the chemistry and you could see that like Rab was the grumpy old man of, of the trio. Apologies if he hears this, you're not that old. You know, it's just, it's the role that you're filling. Frankie was incredibly kind of upbeat, had this real positive vibe, this amazing smile. She's just tremendous, the... tremendous in, on the taping that we were there for. And, and Ty just made me feel very <laughs> old. He has got a lot of energy, that boy. He has got an incredible, like, ticker levels of bouncing energy. He's doing laps. 
he's doing laps and he's just like he's he's running around all over the place he must be a health and safety and assessment nightmare He's also very good at hyping up the crowd as well, because like one of Ty's Ty's role is essentially to like interview members of the audience and kind of like get their feedback on the challenges and, and things like that. But what that means is that he's kind of standing in there amongst us. So when they're playing the challenges, he's like watching the challenges as well and getting massively involved. You have floor managers to tell audiences when to applaud, when to, you know, tone things down and everything. Ty was doing a very different job. Ty was there to be a hype man for whoever was doing a challenge and he was really really great at it he, he really was although i was very glad that of all the various times he was waving a microphone around asking audiences opinions on challenges and techniques i was really glad i didn't get picked for any of them because i'm like please don't ask me to talk about this game i don't know this game yeah please don't ask me to offer advice to an esports champion that's that's literally laughable but I think that was kind of part of the point. I don't, I, you know, I don't think they legitimately expected people in the audience to be able to go, well, from my opinion, as a non-professional FIFA player, this is what you should do. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how it all works in the edit because we saw like Ty do a lot of, like he would do like a take of it and then he would you know, speak to the director through his earpiece and then he would go and like interview some other people and get some like alternative questions, uh, so to speak. But there were times when he would like, his first take would go up to someone and be like, what did you think of that challenge? And the very first person he asked went, I don't know. That's very difficult to edit around. And there was another chap that he went to and spoke to that he'd already spoken to previously, who said, and I believe this is a direct quote, oh, don't ask me again. <laughs> so there's some very fun edits that will be done around that. Plus, if we run on the assumption that everything we saw last night was from episode three, there appears to be a story running through episode three. Not going to spoil it here, because obviously this is probably going to drop, I guess, just before episode one goes out. Yeah, I think it's a story that runs through all three episodes. Mm, there is a story and we believe we saw the payoff and um, it was a great moment. It was, oh, a really, so good. it was a really, really fun moment. Shall we talk a little bit about the challenges we saw? Because it wasn't quite what I was expecting for the game selections, but nor was I disappointed. No, I would say that as well. There was one, we won't go into the specifics of the challenges that we saw. This will be very spoiler free. Um, so we won't like talk about the games that we saw or anything like that. But there was one of the challenges that when it was first presented, I, I turned to you and I was like, ah, ah, I'm not into it. Absolutely not into it whatsoever. And then they actually laid out the challenge and I turned to you and I was like, oh, oh, now I'm in. Now I'm interested. And I, and I got really into that challenge. I got yeah. really, really behind them. That was, I think that reaction was the same for a lot of people. Again, without spoiling what the game is as we first assumed it would be it would be one person versus a computer and it would probably be what a four or five minute challenge and that would be it the person would either win or be or lose but the way it was set up is a case of ah well he is versus the computer but he's starting from two positions of disadvantage again yeah. won't say what they are because spoilers but it was that element that suddenly made it go oh wow it's not just like a pro games player playing the game that he literally makes like a living playing. He's starting at a disadvantage. He's literally starting at a point where he would never want to be in any pro competition. And he's playing the computer on its hardest level. And there was yeah. someone around us who commented, and I can't remember if it was someone that Ty asked or it was just general banter amongst the crowd of people going, yeah, people say they play the computer at, at this difficulty. No one actually does because it yeah. is impossible. So seeing yeah, him fight really those good. odds was, was astounding. 
We saw a nice mixture of genres. Without saying specific titles, we saw some fighting game challenges. They were fun. Yeah, they... we saw an indie game challenge as well that I really, really... That was, that was the final one that we saw. And as soon as, like... Because from where we were sat, we could see the production, like, setting up each game, like, to go on next. And when I saw the tile being selected on the PlayStation, I turned to you and was like, oh, this game's great. Oh, this will be a really fun challenge. And it's not a new game either. It's, like, four or five years old. It is, yeah. I was playing on my stag dick. And even, and even by that point, it wasn't new. Yeah, so... It's nice to see that, like, I guess we should also perhaps talk a little bit about how we got to be there. But we've actually talked to a couple of the people on the production crew before going to the taping. We've talked to two producers who have been absolutely lovely with us. They've talked with us a couple of times and they both came and said hello and chatted with us on the night. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we said and they seem to agree with is like, we don't just want it to be the latest games you know it, it gaming now has a rich tapestry a rich history it'd be nice to see games from across that period of time now leaving aside the fact that obviously licensing and legal permission has to come in when it comes to using these games it was nice to see a little bit of variance last night both in age and genre and i'm hoping the other two episodes also include even older titles where possible and it did occur to me when I was on my way home last night that I imagine one of the issues in highlighting older games is are the software companies going to want to let you use them? Mm. Like Nintendo, are they going to want you to play Mario Kart on the SNES when they've got Mario Kart 8 or whatever? Same with Smash, same with any of the Nintendo titles that now have modern iterations. Why would you do a speedrun on Mario Brothers 3 or Mario World when they want you to be playing Mario Odyssey or Creator or, you know. So I'm hoping that they manage to find ways to do it and ways to work around it. The one game that you mentioned, the older indie game, that was a nice throwback in style, even if it wasn't like a 15, 20-year-old game, but it was a it was a platformer. Yeah, it's a it, really good one as well. Yeah. The actual, like, taping itself, like, it, long, very long. I, I think a common thread from people who were there was that feet were very tired by the end because we were standing up and it's not and it was a solid ground as well like there was no give to where we were standing there was no reprieve from it either so we were standing there from half six until about until 11 o'clock so it's a long time to be standing up standing in the same position everyone had quite weary legs I think you could probably tell, like uh, depending on how sweet, much they sweeten the audio in the edit, which was the final challenge that we saw, because there was a definite shift from like the enthusiasm for the first challenge that we saw, and the forced enthusiasm we had for the final challenge, which was uh, by that point, which is like, right, I mean, my throat's really hoarse today. Like it's really like my throat feels very sore today, and I actually Same. lost my voice partway through the recording. <laughs> I said to you, I was like. I'm not sure how I'm going to record a podcast after this because I'm, I'm actually starting to lose my voice already. So yeah, I, I think you might be able to tell which ones were the final challenges that we saw. But like those first few, man, like I was just so into it. I was so into watching the challenges. And there's a moment where, I mean, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. Someone won a Games Master Golden Joystick. And watching that person throw a loft that joystick in the air and the beaming smile on the face i felt i could suddenly feel the corners of my mouth reaching my ears because i was smiling so much and i was like this is great 
and I'm really, really enjoying myself. Same. When it came to dressing for yesterday and choosing what clothes, I knew that it could either get very cold or very hot because as we heard from Rick on Twitter, and I know from past experience, studios get very hot. But I'm also conscious this was not a studio. This was a Victorian pumping station, very drafty, lots of gaps in the various brickwork. And so I'm like, I'll layer it. So I've got an extra shirt I can take off or I can do up as need to be. And I'm glad I did because as it is, it was actually pretty cold throughout mm. most of the evening. It was certainly not sweltering. But then it came to shoes and I'm like, oh, I don't want to wear my brown walking boots because they're looking a bit knackered and I wear them all the time. I'll wear my nice red and white Nikes because they look a little bit cool. They go with my jacket well. And I think it was, what, about 10 o'clock? I just turned to you. I'm like, mate, can I lean on you for a bit? Because I need to take my <laughs> shoe off and massage yeah. feeling back into my toes. My toes had actually started to curl up of their own volition, the cramping. And I'm like, I can't actually put weight on my foot like this. So I had to, so that between yeah. takes, I was literally holding myself up on you while trying to get my foot to stop being an arsehole. That was just before the final challenge as well, because that's when you and I got taken away to go and film uh, stuff for the consultation zone. Oh, and yes. Honestly, that walk, I was concerned about that walk because I was like, oh, my legs do not feel right here. But it actually it was the world, did was the world of good was to actually just move around a little bit and walk to that, uh, that, that next location. But yeah, like it was sorely needed. But yeah, it looks like one or both of us are going to be on the consultation zone for this new series of Games Master, which of course does mean that the consultation zone is back. Uh, no spoilers for what we ask of the Games Master. Uh, no spoilers as to who the Games Master is, because as we said, we don't know. They would not tell us. No. And apparently, like, when we were speaking to the guy, like, they said the number... Because, like, unlike uh, previous series of Games Master that we have, you know, discovered from speaking with people, we weren't fed lines. Like, they went down there was like, what do you want to ask the Games Master? Whether that is a gaming tip, whether that's a tip on anything in life or anything like that, you can choose your question. And apparently, the most asked question from the people they took down there was who are you who is the new games master i will say they weren't feeding people questions not like they did in the old days i did ask two questions one of which is one of my own choosing but it was a bit of a niche question to be fair and a little bit in jokey and so i did say for the second one i'm like can have you got a list of questions and to be honest the one they fed me is actually the sort of question i'd ask anyway so i'm like i'm perfectly yeah. happy with this but no i mean for us for five ten minutes uh, the games master was this very wired guy that had been locked in a basement for three days filming green screen VT inserts. Bless he, that trio. Bless that poor little trio. Uh, they were great. I can't actually say anything nice enough about the crew that were on site. Yeah. They made us feel very welcome, even though there was a number of times where we just stood around going, we don't know what we're doing at this point in time. And the one guy just said, just make sure you look busy. That's all you yeah. need to do. We looked like we were part of the crew anyway. So it was just like, just stand over there, look busy. If anyone asks you to carry anything, just say you've got a bad back. The problem is, if someone had asked me to carry anything, I'd have been like, yeah, sure, what do you need? Because yeah, that's exactly. just me. It's like, you know, bad back or otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll give a hand. The I mean, the one thing we haven't talked about, we talked about like the, the chemistry between the three hosts. But Rab himself, the perfect selection for the host of this show. Because we saw 
we saw various things. We didn't just see the challenges being filmed. We saw four challenges be filmed. Uh, a celebrity challenge and three regular challenges. It was four, wasn't five. it? Was it five. Oh, it was five. You're absolutely right. Now we saw five challenges. Celebrity challenge and four regular challenges. But we also saw them do the intros for all three episodes and the outros for all three episodes as well. So... There's going to be a hell of uh, a continuity being done. I, I don't know how like they sort of framed the shot or anything to sort of like frame us out of it. It's all yeah. going to be focal lengths. The audience for those shots will just be a blur. Exactly, it has to be because like we, otherwise it's all over the show. The scripting for Rab was so so good, and I could you could feel his personality in there, his dry sense of humor. He was really good at interviewing the contestants. He was really good in the post game stuff. He is a fabulous, fabulous new host for this show. He is. He's also very humble about it. I mean, he added us on uh, Twitter earlier, following on, I think, from one of your tweets that you made under the, the, the podcast Twitter account. And he's very much into putting over Ty and putting over Frankie as being the real stars of the show. And I think he is doing himself a little bit of a disservice there because I think his slightly curmudgeonly personality, what, what we got from that, it's the glue that holds it together, just like from the little bits we saw. Um, you mentioned the interviews, and I did just want to mention the contestants, because obviously they put a shout out for contestants. number of people applied, some had auditions. We've actually spoken to one or two people who did apply, and one who did have an audition. Most all of the challenges that we saw involved pro gamers of some level or streamers yeah. of some level i think this will not sit well with some people but one thing i can say for certain is not a single one of them gave a bad interview yeah like like there was uh, one of the fighting games the two challengers knew each other very very well oh didn't they just yeah and their their banter and their hype and how it led into that challenge it was great television it should be great television yeah, that was the thing I was I was very surprised at. Like I'd mentioned it to you like on the night, like we've only ever seen so far we've seen pro players. And in fact, actually, you know, I mentioned we saw the celebrity challenge and, and four regular challenges, but one of those other challenges featured a celebrity. It wasn't a celebrity challenge, but it did feature a celebrity. Mm. So I, I'm curious to know in the other two episodes whether they had regular schmo players. Because everyone else, as you say, was like already an influencer, already a bit of a name to, you know, within certain circles and within certain like uh, with certain fields and that. So, yeah, I don't know if we've got like any regular Joes playing games in, in this series. It's something that you mentioned to me yesterday, and it's a difference between this series and what went before immediately, is that before they filmed a whole bunch of stuff we never saw we know there are challenges that never made it to air we know there are challenges that were dropped so we could see ridge racer or the saturn launch or whatever or just because they weren't good enough they don't have spare tape on this one this is the challenges being shot are the challenges going out so maybe they did just have to go off of okay here's our contestants some of them are just regular people some of them are small time streamers some of them are big time streamers some of them are influencers who's going to give us the best combination of on-air personality and gameplay because three episodes that's all this show has to make a mark and find an audience and hopefully We'll be sat here this time next year talking about another three episodes or another six episodes or another yeah, nine full episodes. episodes. Yeah, maybe they'll get the full series run. Like, you know, as it, as it currently stands, this is three and done. But I do think that 
you know, speaking with the people that we've spoken to within the production, they do want this to work. Like, and that's the thing I, I really appreciated from, you know, our time on the Games Master set and speaking with people is that they want this to be good. They want this to work. They want this to honor the legacy of Games Master. And as a fan of Games Master, some you might say a super fan of Games Master, considering that you and I spend a lot of our evenings talking about this show from 20 odd years ago. We were introduced a lot as those podcast guys. Um, <laughs> yes, the makers of the best and the worst Games Master podcast and the highest and lowest rated Games Master podcast. The advantage of being a field of one. We are exactly, both our, yeah. we are our own worst enemies. As as a fan of Games Master, it felt like Games Master a lot of time. I said to you at times, I turned to you and I said, that felt like Games Master. And it really, really did. And I can't wait to see a full episode of this. I am curious by the reaction that it's going to get. I think the people that don't like it have already decided that they don't like it. Those people have made themselves known on Twitter by saying that the show is shit before they've even seen anything of it. So you'll never appeal to those people. But I do hope that a lot of our listeners and a lot of people who hear this episode, if you are new to the show, will go into this with an open mind. Because as a fan of this show, from what I have seen, I thought they did an excellent job. Absolutely. I know one comment I've seen is just like, oh, I'm not into modern games as much. And here's the thing. That's fair. Two of the games that we saw are of no real interest to me. One of them I categorically do not understand because I'm old. Doesn't mean I didn't find the challenge entertaining. Doesn't mean I wasn't caught up in the moment. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to like everything. It's like wrestling, Luke. You know, we both have our ties to wrestling. You don't have to like every match in a show to enjoy the overall. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I am I am optimistic. I was always hopeful, but now I'm actually optimistic because I've seen what they're doing and I've seen the degree I've seen the degree of love that's being applied to it. I've seen the degree of, of care. I can't speak for the powers that be. I can't speak for the intentions of Channel 4 or Future or anyone at the high level. But the people I spoke to and that we spoke to and that we saw and encountered who were actually there and filming and producing and wrangling tech, you know, we found some really cool stuff out they'd actually had to make, literally had to make up on the day just to make a challenge work. And I was dead impressed by the creativity they showed there. All of those people are absolutely doing this for the right reason and from the right position. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in television production are very cynical for understandable reasons. It's a very cynical industry. I didn't get that feeling from these guys. And, you know, that could have been me being just slightly in awe of the fact that the show's coming back at all. But it felt genuine, it felt really genuine. Well, I think we'll draw this episode to a close there. That was our journey out, our little trip out to uh, the, the set of Games Master Series 8. Uh, I mean, I, th I think they're calling it Series 1, but I think within us, we'll always know in a, for me at least, it'll always be Series 8. But we are going to do, you know, an episode by episode review of this new series, break it down, give our thoughts about this. And I am really looking forward to that. And hopefully you won't just hear our voices talking about this new series of Games Master. Hopefully we'll be able to talk to some of the challengers. Hopefully we'll be able to get in touch with some of the guests. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to talk with some of the hosts and or people behind the cameras. Basically, we're open to it because it's cool to get a chance to document this as it happens. Uh, but until then, take care, everyone. Good night.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.